Hey everyone, Pastor Corey here. So good to be with you and just give you the exciting update in person that our son, Blake Ellis Demel, came to us last Saturday, April 10th. Uh, he is awesome, he's doing well. We're home now, adjusting, resting, um, doing all the fun stuff you do with a newborn, starting over again. Uh, Mom is recovering well, Rebecca's doing good. Blake is, is awesome, Madison is loving being a big sister and uh, we're just enjoying a little bit of time as a family. I just can't thank you all enough for the prayers, the support, the cards, the gifts, the meals. Um, you guys have just truly been a blessing to our family. You have been incredible and we are just uh, loving this time together. And I can't wait to be back with you guys really, really soon. Oh, you you probably wanna meet him, I bet. Oh yeah, let's, let's meet Blake. Oh, let's see what we got. And here is Cape Christian's newest member, Mr. Blake Ellis. How you doing, bud? Can you say hi? Can you say hi to the church fam? We're doing well. Oh, what's up? Giving him the what's up. And I think now he's gonna go back and take his nap. See ya, say bye-bye. And an even more exciting news is who you are going to get to hear bring the word to you this weekend. I'm so excited that my friend, Pastor Art Van Zanten, is gonna be preaching. Pastor Art served for over 20 years at Fort Myers First Assembly, building their leadership school as well as various other roles. It's such an honor and a joy in this season for him to call Cape Christian home. And not only that, but he serves behind the scenes on our communication team week in and week out. It's for that reason I'm so excited for you to actually hear him deliver the word. He's creative, he's a great communicator, and he's a great friend. And I am so confident that you are gonna really take a lot from what he has to bring to us this week as we continue our series, The Insanity Zone. Thank you. Hey, Dave. It's good to see you, but I've been meaning to talk to you about something. Absolutely not. I don't ever want to see you again. Dave, it's good to see you. I've been meaning to talk to you about something. No, I just told you. I don't ever want to see you again. Jeez, what is with that guy? Dave, good to see you. It's been a while but I've been meaning to talk to you about something. Wait, what? Why do I keep running into you? For the last time, I don't ever want to see you again. Meet Dave, a middle-aged man stuck in the cycle of unforgiveness. He knows his life is full of disappointments and bitterness. Dave can only dream of what life could be if he could let go of the past and experience the freedom that only comes with forgiveness. If nothing changes in Dave's life, he will forever live this moment. But what needs to change? How does he break this cycle? Join us in the next few moments as we circle back on this topic in The Insanity Zone. Jonah. One day, God asked a guy named Jonah to go to a big, mean city called Nineveh. Tell the people to stop being so mean, God said. Jonah didn't want to go, so he jumped on a ship headed far away from Nineveh. When the ship got out to sea, a huge storm came. The ship was going to sink, and 
Jonah knew why. It's all my fault, Jonah told the sailors. Throw me into the sea, and the storm will stop. So they threw Jonah into the wild sea, and the storm did stop. But now Jonah was sinking in the sea. God wanted to give Jonah a second chance. So he sent a big whale to catch Jonah, and the whale swallowed him. Normally, being eaten by a whale would be bad. <laughs> Thanks for coming. Have... <laughs> but Jonah prayed. He told God that he was sorry for disobeying. He asked for a second chance to do what God wanted. And fluey. <laughs> whale burped. <laughs> Jonah back on the beach. Fluey. Jonah stood up, wiped himself off, and set off to, can you guess where? Yup, Nineveh, just like God had wanted all along, because God gives second chances. Now, your life is made up of two parts. It's made up of the story part, and it's made up of the journal part. The story you might put on, oh, I don't know, Facebook. This doesn't belong on Facebook. <laughs> Jonah is a book in the back of the Old Testament with four chapters. This covers Jonah chapter one, chapter two, the beginning of chapter three. This does not cover the rest of chapter three and the rest of chapter four, but tonight we will. Because our lives are not just made up of stories, they're also made up of stuff that find its way into journals. Now, confession about journals. These are my journals from the last several years, and not a chance, Sundance, can you read them? <laughs> but these journals are a big part of why I'm alive, why I'm an active part of this church, and why, by God's grace, this leadership has given me the opportunity to have your time this weekend. God takes us on a journey that oftentimes is difficult, that oftentimes is illogical, that oftentimes is way beyond what we ever thought was even necessary. <laughs> yeah, my life is definitely in the sub-necessary category. <laughs> Feelings, frustration, pain, and to be honest, as a dude, I won't speak for you dudettes, but as a dude, feelings are baffling to me. I'd rather just stuff them, get busier, and get rid of them. But they're there, and they need to be dealt with. So when we deal today with the topic of bitterness and unforgiveness as we meander through the insanity zone, these topics, I thought, well, I'm, I'm good with those. Those are, those are not an issue. But as we went to social media this past week, and we talked about pet peeves, some of you expressed some stuff. And some of those things were like when people drive really, can you feel it? Slow on a fast lane. Like, really? Move over. Or this one, people not returning grocery carts to designated area and leaving where they're, now hang on, notice this. It's getting a whole lot of love. 10 people are going, that! This is basically the amen button. So yes, absolutely. Also, people chewing with their mouth open literally can't think straight when I have to listen to it, I would say a big fat amen to that as well. And you know what? When my husband leaves all of his dirty, wait a minute, we left a that, no relation to Pastor Joseph Gilchrist, I'm sure. 
leaves his dirty clothes on the floor instead of walking them to the hamper, which is his closet by the dresser where, yeah, there might be some feelings there. Might be, might be. Maybe we can offer Pastor Joseph some free counseling. I think that's it. Is that all that we have? Yes. So we all have lots of feelings, but truly, the real feelings we carry are a whole lot deeper than even the ones that are mentioned in response to a survey like this. So when it comes to bitterness and unforgiveness, Jesus isn't unclear. It says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 14 and 15, it says, if you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. And then verse 15 continues, but if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. Not a ton of wiggle room there. No wiggle room at all. God is very clear. Now let me be honest with you. When I look at my life, my life has been pretty good. Pretty good. I grew up in a great, incredible Christian family, went to Bible college, became a pastor at a great church. God allowed me to start a great ministry that he used to really bless a whole lot of people, including myself and my family. Man, so many good things. And then, well, life happened. Several years ago, through some difficulty, we had three daughters, and then we were pregnant with twins, and one of those twins went to the Lord, passed away. The other one was only given a 10% chance to be born alive. Four open-heart surgeries later, thankfully, we have him. He'll be 12 next month. But the reality is, is there's a price. And through all of that difficulty and through all of those struggles, our family has gone and continues to go through devastating difficulties. Devastating. Not even for a minute am I going to compare my story with yours. Because honestly, I've listened to a whole lot of stories, and I rate your story. Confession. I'm like, oh, that sounds bad, but mine's still worse. Because <laughs> it's mine. In your story, you might listen to that and go, dang, that's a whole lot worse than mine. No, it's not. Yours is yours. Your story, your reality, the cost and the pain is yours. And it's really a fleeting help to hear somebody's story who's worse than yours because you're still stuck with yours. You're still stuck with not only your story, but also your journal. So throughout the journey and throughout all of life, the dream job, uh, that might be overstated. I was going to say dream job I had. The incredible job that I loved that I had, I had to give up because of all the stuff going on at home. And I currently work at Home Depot, which is awesome. A lot of people will tell me, well, you used to be a pastor and Jesus was a carpenter. That might have worked for him, but that's not where my heart's at. <laughs> but I'm super grateful for the opportunity I have there to serve the associates at Home Depot but I also know that that's something that God has for me for a season, and he will determine how long that season is. He's heard from me. <laughs> so as I continue to go through life, and as I continue to have to deal with the realities of my choices, but also the realities of other people's choices, I have come to one life-changing and massively irritating truth. And that truth is that I am responsible for him. Me. And I got my hands full. But I want to, you know in the Old Testament, a lot of times God says, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Or maybe you saw Bruce Almighty, and he talks about smiting. I can't tell you how many times I've offered to help God smite. I would really like to function in my spiritual gift of smiting. 
but that's not what God's called me to, and I can go ahead and tell you he hasn't called you to that either. I have known God for all my life. I shouldn't say that. I have come to put my faith in Jesus early on in life, and there's two questions that are all throughout these pages. And those two questions are all that I need to worry about myself as I deal with this. The first question is, what is true about God? And the second is, what is true about me? Oh, I want to go off all kinds of rabbit trails. But if I stay on those two questions, God, what's true about you? And Lord, what's true about me? He will answer. I feel prompted to share this story. Several years ago, I was scared of dying. <laughs> there's two things I'm scared of dying. I believe I'm gonna go to heaven, but there's two things I'm scared of with dying. And the first one might sound funny, but the first one is I'm scared it'll hurt, to be honest. <laughs> the second thing I'm scared of is that when I get to the other side, it's just a big setup, and everything I had been promised won't be there. You know why? Because I've had more than a couple meetings in life that were exactly that. So as I, in this, asking, Lord, why am I scared to die? I know I have you as my Savior. I know all works out. I trust your word. And then the Lord reminded me of those painful memories, and I just sat there and I cried. Like, there's a lot of truth in that. But it isn't until we go to the depths of those lies that the Lord can begin to heal and restore the truth of the fact that, yes, those things happened based upon choices of people, but no, those things will not happen based upon the faithfulness of my God. I'm telling you, throughout all of life, there are, this is an important phrase in my life, there are believable lies that we believe. But the truth about God and the truth about ourselves will set us free. There are two things that are really, really important. I, I, there's only two that will be on the screen, but one is we need to shut up every once in a while. And listen, that's not easy. But the other two that are important is that we need to have a soft heart and we need to have open ears. We need to be willing to listen to the Lord. We need to be willing, heart soft is, we need to be willing to be told where, oh, here's that horrible word that starts with a W and ends with a wrong. You'd be willing to be wrong. We need to be willing to be wrong and willing to allow the Lord to teach us. A really famous scripture that I used to think was a graduation scripture is in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, where it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. It's a great, great scripture, except for the fact that I have trust issues. I don't, I like to understand everything. I don't like to acknowledge him because I got it. And then my, my path seemed to be a mess. Can't imagine why. Four parts of the scripture. Trust the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Constantly surrender your own understanding. Acknowledge him in everything. Lord, here I am in this dookie pile. Is that too technical? Here I am in this dookie pile again. My choices, but also all of theirs. Get me out of the dookie. You're welcome for the window into my prayer life. Get me out of this. But Lord, teach me what's true about you and what's true about me. And help me not get so distracted about wanting the truth about other people to be exposed. Because it just doesn't matter. So, as we get into Jonah's journal, let's look at chapter 3 and, a little, and some of chapter 4. So Jonah did finally, as stated, 
in your own personal Laugh and Grow Bible, he did finally, with a second chance, go to Nineveh. Why did he not want to go to Nineveh? He wasn't just defiant against God. Nineveh was a horrible place. Awful, rancid people doing horrible things, awful things. Jonah's like, I ain't going there. I fear for my own life, and they're getting what they deserve. He did not want to go there. But when he finally did, Jonah chapter three, verse four, lists his sermon that his loving God gave him. It lists it verbatim, and we're gonna look at the entirety of the sermon because it ain't long. Jonah 3, 4 says this. says, Nineveh will be destroyed in 40 days. Thanks for coming. Drive home safely. That was his sermon. In a modern translation, it would be this. Wait until dad or mom gets home because you're gonna get it. He wanted them to get what they had coming. I don't want to be crass, and that's not in my heart. He wanted them to go to hell because he felt like that's exactly what they deserved. You know what? I don't know who's Nineveh in your life. Nineveh's got names in my life. Some hurtful, abusive, nasty people in my life. There might be people that listen to this message someday and are trying to figure out who those nasty people are. Stop it. Worry about you and worry about Jesus and don't worry about that. I'm telling you, my story is I got me a Nineveh. You do too. Your Nineveh's got a name or names if you're anything like me. But your Nineveh might be nasty, probably is rancid, probably was out of line, out of God's will, Brutal, harmful, painful, your Nineveh is for you to deal with. Your Nineveh and mine is not for us to smite. Bad news. But as he went and preached that message, the chapter heading of Jonah 4 is this. Jonah's anger at the Lord's mercy. So what that would be, that would be God being merciful and Jonah and God, let's just say, not vibing not really gelling in their purpose. It says Jonah was ticked at God's mercy. Jonah 4.1, he expresses anger. 4.2, he complained. 4.3, he says, kill me, God. I can identify with that. Lord, I ain't taking me out, but I would be cool if you did. True story, I can identify. But we ain't going until our time here is done because he has our days numbered and he has a purpose. And here's something for someone. Your pain has a purpose beyond you. Mine does. And I'll be honest with you. I wouldn't have gone through what I went through for you. I ain't God. God sent his only begotten son. I wouldn't. (laughs) I wouldn't choose to go through this pain for anybody. (laughs) But I'm not sadistic. I didn't choose it. But but in the name of Jesus, I will leverage every tear. I will leverage every missed opportunity. I will leverage every betrayal for his glory and for somebody else's benefit, starting with me and hopefully including you. There's a purpose in the pain. But even when I find that purpose, I'm like, I go, oh yeah, that was a good deal. No, I still think it stinks. Too honest? Maybe so. We've got Joan in the Bible. We've got David in the Bible. We got a lot of people in the Bible that I think we can, can identify with that. But two words that are all throughout my journal are these. He knows. He knows. Your pain, the depth, the betrayal, the hurt, he knows. He knows. 
I just open, I put this clip. This like makes me feel like it's safer. This clip right here. I can't tell you the combination. But anyway, I could just look through these pages, which I should have been a doctor, quite honestly. But I could look through these pages. And it's honest. Every single day, all right, Lord, what am I feeling? What's true about you? What's true about me? Because I refuse to allow feelings to run my life. I refuse to allow bitterness to run my life. I refuse to allow the choices of other people to take the joy out of my today. All the stuff that happened yesterday, years and weeks before, affects me and will own me unless I choose to make the choices that I can make separate from what everybody else has done. You have that same power. Or you can cower and pretend and get busy and run and run and run, and you're gonna run yourself out of steam. The only healthy thing to do is to stop, acknowledge it, and deal with it. You know what God was doing with Nineveh is God was using, not only using Jonah to change Nineveh, but he was using Nineveh to change Jonah. God was, not, I mean, I always read it. I always read it like, oh man, what's gonna happen to Nineveh if Jonah doesn't get out of that whale? Come on, whale, spit him up, whoop, or whatever that word was. Come on, God, do your thing. Fluey, that's the word. God doesn't need you and me to do our fluey. God needs us to allow Nineveh to reveal in us what needs to change in us. And Jonah, in the journal of chapter four, shows us. In Jonah chapter four, Verse four, God said to Jonah, is it right for you to be angry about this? God, hey Jonah, just asking for a friend. <laughs> is it cool for you to be ticked about this? Oh, just stop it. Jonah 4.11, God said, shouldn't I feel sorry for such a city? It's almost, it's almost like God's just kind of going, hey, hey, maybe I'm missing something here. Should I not be cool? With loving Nineveh? Or how about this question? Why do you feel like you're better than Nineveh? Now with my Nineveh, <laughs> if you ask me why I think I'm better than Nineveh, I got answers. Because remember, Nineveh was nasty. Nasty. However, we, I, I won't even involve you, I have an inflated view of how good I am and an inability and an unwillingness to forgive Nineveh. Maybe you can identify. God's mercy is either gonna flow through you to Nineveh or around you, but his mercy is gonna get to Nineveh. His mercy will get to Nineveh because ain't nobody on the planet this dude included, that will escape from the opportunity to experience the mercy of God. The only question is whether we're going to experience the healing from that mercy flowing through us or whether it will bypass us and we're the ones that miss out. Jesus, let your mercy flow through me. Are you doing the math? Because this is real for you. As you identify your, this is not just one of those sermons like, oh, dang, that dude was all up there emotional talking about his diary. I ain't got no diary. I don't have diaries either. Don't call it a diary. <laughs> you know what I got? You've got a dude standing in front of you this weekend saying, I got feelings, and it took me a half century to acknowledge them and finally start dealing with them. And it's been really, really hard and awesome.
And Jonah had him some feelings, and so do you. We have the opportunity to give those to God and allow our feelings to align with what matters to God. You matter to God. You matter to God, but my feelings need to align with what matters to God. God loves you. Well, then why did he let all that junk happen? Because it's all the fruit of the precious gift of free will he's given you and he's given them. Why does he allow it? He didn't ask for it to happen. He didn't make it happen. He allows all of us to make choices and all of us make really cruddy choices. And the fruit and the harvest of those choices is pain. One of the many things I'm so grateful for this church for is the safety I found here, is the emotional and spiritual healing the brotherhood and sisterhood that I found on the staff in the congregation here, this has become my church at a time where I desperately, desperately needed a church. When Pastor Corey asked me to do this, I go, dude, too soon. He goes, well, pray about it. And a day later, I said, you know what, Pastor Corey, all the reasons I don't want to share about this have nothing to do with Jesus and everything to do with the fact that I don't want to stand up there and talk about my stinking journal but there's someone here this weekend that needs me to stand up here and talk about my journal. And I can tell you right now, the mercy's gonna flow through me and bless me. But I also pray that the Lord helps you deal with your Nineveh, because I know you got one. So, as I deal with my own bitterness, my own unforgiveness, I'm a happy-go-lucky guy. Like, I don't hate nobody, nobody likes me. I, this person cut me off and I blessed them. I told them they were number one, not that one. But the reality is life hurts. And sometimes church hurts. Sometimes ministry hurts. Sometimes family hurts. Sometimes marriage hurts. Sometimes kids, grandkids, siblings. In fact, oftentimes the proximity of the relationship so much magnifies the pain. One of the beautiful, awesome, pure sarcasm on both of those things I've learned is I'm codependent. That's neat. The only thing a dude likes more than journaling in his diary is finding out that he's codependent. Awesome. Do I still get to use the men's room or what? I depend upon people. I have given the power of my value to you. I have given my value to strangers of whether they tell me I did a good job or say nothing. And here's something for someone. When people say nothing, I'll go ahead and fill it in with the worst. The truth about me, the truth about God. I know this. This weekend, I'm gonna do everything I can to honor him by sharing in the best way that I can. Will I get it perfectly? No, I know me. But will I lay my head on my pillow tonight and know I did the best I can? Yes. Now, will some people say some nice things? I really, frankly, don't care. What I care about is honoring him and doing the best I can to be authentic in front of you. The rest, psh, those days are gone. <laughs> those days are gone. So, not to be redundant, but to be redundant, I am responsible for me. You're responsible for you. And a lot of us have our emotions, our feelings, even our prayer lives focused on way too many people whose teeth we don't brush. That's a weird sentence. 
but that's reference to you should really only be brushing your own teeth. You are responsible for yourself. Now, if your spouse puts their teeth in a jar and all that, that's a whole other thing for another season. I just made it even weirder. All right, anyway. Let's wrap up here. Colossians 3.12 says this. It says, since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must, not optional, must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Stay here for a sec. Go back. I threw you a curve. So you must clothe yourselves. The language matters. You must choose to put on. In other words, you ain't waking up with these things. I'm glad you didn't come to church in what you woke up in. You must clothe yourselves with these things. Tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make the choice to put those things on. And while you're putting these things on, there's a whole lot of stuff you gotta take off. All right, go to the next verse now, please, if you would, 13. There's another verse, right? Or is that it? That is it. So, no, that is it. Make allowance. There we go. I knew there was another one. All right, make allowance for each other. Oh, make allowance. Dear Lord, give grace, give space for each other's faults. Forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, here's key, that's why it's yellow, the Lord forgave you, so you boop, must forgive others. Now why? It's just like God looking at you going, well, after all I did for you, you should do it for them. No, that's true. God says you must forgive others because it's in your own best interest. It's in our own best interest to let go of resentments, let go of unforgiveness. I spent two and a half years in addiction ministry, loved it. The hugest theme, not even sure hugest is a word, the largest theme is forgiveness, dealing with unforgiveness and resentments. I'm telling you, it kills you from the inside out. So as we wrap up, how can I align with what matters to God in terms of those who have wronged me, and how can I get rid of any resentment? You need to take care of you. Now, as we wrap this up, there's a little kind of hokey, weird thing, as if this wasn't weird and hokey enough to start out with. But there's an app that the Lord brought to my attention a couple of, uh, several months ago. It's called The Pause. I strongly encourage you to look it up on your phone. There's one minute, three minute, five minute, and 10 minute pauses. This is an app put together by John Eldridge. That name might mean something to some of you. He's written some fantastic books. Now, what we're about to do is we're about to do a one-minute pause. You remember when I first started talking tonight, I said we need to hush and listen. The pause is a forced hush and listen. Now, I don't know if any of you watched Saturday Night Live back in the day, Stuart Handy or whatever. It feels weird. It's hokey. It's cheesy. And it's changing my life. There's some kind of weird meditative music, whatever. There's some words that'll be up on the screen. One minute. What I want to ask you is during this one minute, if you ever do another pause again or not, doesn't matter. But what I want you to do is for this next minute, I want you to contemplate what's the Lord speaking to you about him and about you. And whoever it is that comes to your mind and your heart or has already while I've been up here yapping this afternoon, whoever it is that comes to your heart, what does the Lord tell you about you and him? Not them. Not them. Let's take one minute and let's pause. Jesus, 
I give everyone and everything to you. I give everyone and everything to you, God. I give myself to you, Jesus, for union with you. I am created for union with you, God. I give everything in me for union with you, Lord. I need more of you, God. Fill me with more of you. That's good. That's enough for now. As the Lord speaks to you, he wants to speak to you. He wants to tell you the truth about you and the truth about himself. Not on some shallow cerebral level, but in a deep emotional healing level. I confess to you that I spent way too much of my Christian journey dealing with feelings and doodads and Holy Ghost bumps, all of which are great. When I'm broken and devastated, I need a whole lot more than just the right worship song at the right, at the right volume. I need healing. And there's four things today that I want to invite you to do as you allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. First of all, identify specifically. That's a really important word in my journals. Specifically identify your Nineveh. And when you specifically do that, own your parts. Don't worry about Nineveh. God will take care of Nineveh. His way, his timing. And that won't be as quick as you want. Just telling you. <laughs> Identify them. Own your part. Then next, trust God with the rest. Another term here is don't white knuckle, which leads me to the final one, which is release them. It's your choice. Release them. And if you're anything like me, it's release them and keep releasing them. Because you know what Nineveh doesn't do? Jonah doesn't roll up into Nineveh, preach his powerful sermon, and Nineveh just becomes Warden June Cleaverville. Nineveh still had some Nineveh on them even after they turned to God. We need to keep releasing. Would you bow your heads in prayer with me? Heavenly Father, I thank you that you, by your Holy Spirit, are doing what no person could ever do. Lord, I thank you the way that you're moving on people's hearts. And Lord, I'm confident that in this moment, number one, you're moving. But I'm also confident that all of hell in its own way is distracting and bringing things to our minds are distracting and things are, oh, that's no big deal or, oh, it'll get better. All that. In Jesus' name, I pray that you would arrest our attention to what you're trying to speak to us about us and about you. And in the name of Jesus, Nineveh will no longer rule our mental, emotional, spiritual space. Lord, we are booting Nineveh and their control out and asking you to speak to us the truth about us and the truth about you. Now I'll ask you a question as you have your heads bowed and your eyes closed. If you this evening just know that the Lord is speaking to you, I'm not gonna ask you to raise your hand, come forward, do anything. I just want you in your own heart to say, yes, 
that's me. Because if the Lord has led you to that moment, that's fantastic. But if the enemy can steal this moment from you with your choices, it's so limited and really it's a tease and you deserve more than a tease. So if today you know the Lord's speaking to you, would you in your own heart please make a commitment? Make a commitment to either come up and let one of us pray with you after service. Go to the prayer room in the right of the room after service. Reach out and find a counselor. Tell somebody that you trust what's going on. Allow this to not just be a teasing moment. Nineveh ain't going away and you deserve freedom. So Jesus, help us do our part to experience the freedom that we deserve. The insanities got to stop Help us to do our part. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Life gets better because we can get healthier as we invite Jesus into the pain. I want to thank you so much for being here this weekend. If we can help you, serve you in any way, the prayer room at the right side of the room, otherwise up here in the front, we'd like to pray with you. Reach out to a counselor. I know the church has a counseling ministry. Get help. Don't go through life alone. Love you so much. Go with God.